Today is Monday, May 1st, 2023. Welcome to May. Bombshell report, says Jeffrey Epstein. Met with current CIA director William Burns and Obama's lawyer. What did they have to talk about? Boy, we have some insight on this. Biden cracks cringe jokes, admits he hides from the media, and the media said... Yay! We like you. You have dementia. Ron Johnson says Anthony Blinken told a bold face lie to Congress about Hunter Biden and is Hunter Biden the newest Jeffrey Epstein? Boy, we will cover it on the show today with Darren Beatty of Revolver News, who also joins the program. My name is Benny Johnson, and this is The Benny Show. This weekend, I was at a wedding for old friends in Washington, D.C., at a wedding in Annapolis, in Maryland. I had to go back to D.C., and well, ladies and gentlemen, I was very, very glad that I am a client and a customer of Patriot Mobile. Why? Well, because the wedding was out at the middle of a you know nowhere dock on the water. It was like on a little island, and it was hard to get cell phone service. But luckily, I had dependable coverage through PatriotMobile.com. Also, as I'm using Patriot Mobile, I'm able to know that I'm supporting a free speech company. I like to speak freely on the internet. I like to have a uh, very good capacity to connect with all of you. And ladies and gentlemen, sometimes I am in rural locations like this weekend. So I'm happy to use Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless provider that offers dependable nationwide coverage on all three major networks. And you know that you are using a company that supports free speech, supports religious freedom, sanctity of life, Second Amendment, our military, our veterans, and our first responder heroes. They are 100% U.S.-based. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Benny or call them today, 878-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the off code Benny. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I was, I mean, I, I, I integrated that into the ad, but hey, listen, here's a photo of me at the wedding this weekend. Some good people there at the wedding this weekend. Some individuals who were Tucker Carlson's business partners and who still are. I got some very interesting details this weekend on Tucker Carlson uh, and what actually happened with Fox News. And I thought I'd start the show off and just share that with you. I'm not going to name names, but let's just say that Tucker Carlson was supposed to sit at my table at this wedding. Now, obviously, there were there are really big things going on in his life. And so, you know, while I might have been able to, like, talk directly with Tucker, given normal circumstances, uh, we weren't able to. However, an enormous uh, number of Tucker Carlson business affiliates and or uh, writers, producers, people that work with him were there. And I was able to pick their brains about what was going on. A lot of people you see on Fox News that are guests were there at the wedding as a big media wedding uh, for conservative media. And so I was able to like kind of ask questions about what really happened. Now, here's what I was told. And this is just wild. But here's what I was told. That Tucker Carlson did his Friday show and went directly into contract negotiations with Fox. Now, that was his last show, but nobody knew that at the time. Tucker Carlson was looking at a fat, massive contract with Fox through 2029, and they were about to sign. Everything was going great. Everything was going perfectly. In fact, Tucker Carlson had already written his show for Monday. Tucker Carlson's team was meeting on Monday, and more importantly, Fox News was running promos for Tucker's show Monday morning. I'm speaking with people with direct inside knowledge of the company, okay? Not gonna say who, but you know, whatever. You Probably sleuths could go find out on social media. And so they're saying that, like, the morning of Tucker Carlson being let go from the network, they're running promos for his show. Tucker's writing his show. 
And then the call comes down. Who do you think the call was? I asked that question. And they, they wink at me and they're like, who's the only person at Fox News who had the power to fire Tucker Carlson? Joe Biden couldn't do it. Chuck Schumer couldn't do it. Who, there's only one person that has the power to actually make a phone call and fire Tucker, the most powerful man in cable news. And clearly, the man who is propping up the networks, if you look at the current ratings, every show at Fox News, every show in primetime has lost millions or nearly millions of viewers, just to show you how powerful Tucker was at that network. So how, how could, how or who could possibly do this? Rupert Murdoch, the guy who owns Fox, 93 years old, the guy who apparently his wife was uh, infatuated with Tucker. I'm sorry, wife, his fiance was infatuated with Tucker, called him a messenger from God and said that there were messianic overtones to Tucker's show that she loved. Rupert Murdoch broke that marriage off because according to insiders, uh, he was creeped out by the spiritual talk from Tucker. And then what happened between Friday's show and Monday? Well, a clip that we've presented to you on this show and also uh, a clip that we've shared on social media, Tucker gave a very impassioned spiritual speech at the Heritage Foundation on Saturday night. He gave this speech uh, to the Heritage Foundation uh, gathering in Washington, D.C., and it had to do with the overtones of good versus evil. That's the only real thing that happened in between that time. And so what happened on Monday morning, a mercurial, like rage-filled firing that has personal vendetta written all over it. And Tucker Carlson was let go. And more importantly, what I found out last night is that, of course, Fox had no plan for this. So everyone's beating up Brian Kilmeade. I almost feel sorry for the guy. Brian Kilmeade, of course, like like lost two million plus viewers last week with Fox's show. So Brian, so like you almost feel bad for the guy. Brian Kilmeade was grabbed by the scruff of the neck and said, "You're now going to host Tucker's show." Nobody knew about that. There was no graphics packages. There was nothing. There was no plan. That's become quite obvious. So what the hell is going on at Fox News? Well, I know Tucker Carlson. Obviously, I've worked for Tucker. I've written for Tucker. I, I, I like I'm, I'm close enough with the guy that we we communicate. Uh, Tucker Carlson apparently has three or four thousand unread text messages. So uh, I have not directly communicated with Tucker uh, as of late, but uh, not for lack of trying or for reaching out. And so here's what I know about the man. That Tucker Carlson sees his role and his voice as something bigger in the world than just his own, for his own profit or for his own monetization. Like he's a man who, who believes with the spiritual conviction in truth and in asking questions and that it's his right as an American to ask any question that he wants about any official narrative that has been told. And he's not going to stop. In Tucker Carlson's mega thermonuclear viral video that he released last Wednesday on Twitter, which is a an indication of things to come, I've learned. We'll see. Will Tucker Carlson be doing a show on Twitter? Very interesting. Tucker Carlson's last interview was with Elon Musk. Well, what does that tell you? 
you can connect the dots there yourself. Some things I can talk about, some things I can't. But here's what I know. The Tucker Carlson won't stop asking questions. And as he ended that video, if you can hear his voice and if you can still reach Tucker Carlson, if they haven't shut down your ability to listen to Tucker and to listen to his program, then that is going to be a net good because what they've done is they've Obi-Wan Kenobi the guy. Strike me down and I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. They have liberated Tucker from the constraints. For instance, his January 6th reporting I found out this weekend, according to a well-placed individual that I was able to speak with, that, they, that Fox News shut down Tucker Carlson's January 6th reporting. You might recall that he had a first huge bombshell show, right? Big bombshell show. And then the, it was supposed to be a three-part series, and then every single corresponding evening sort of like was very, very watered down, right? And it's like, wait a second, you got 45,000 hours of footage? Where'd the rest of it go? Well, now we know. Fox shut him down. If Tucker Carlson had a Twitter program, if Tucker Carlson had a program at a free speech network, well, then Tucker Carlson would have been able to show you everything he wanted to about the January 6th footage, and he should have and could have, and he can now. And we should all celebrate that. One of the things that got Tucker Carlson fired, from what I learned, again, from a weekend with Tucker's closest business partners, associates, producers, and writers, is his questioning of power. That eventually reached a limit with Rupert Murdoch, and he shut him down. One of the biggest questions that remains in our public discourse today is who who killed Jeffrey Epstein? How did Jeffrey Epstein die? And why have we not been told the full story? Why has no one released the autopsy? Why do we not know about the hours before and after Jeffrey Epstein's death? What about the 911 calls? What about the security footage? What what why was he transferred? to a cell on a very specific block that doesn't have functional cameras. Why are there so many gaps inside of the Jeffrey Epstein death story? And why were the security guards pardoned who fell asleep at the wheel that night? Who was going in and who was going out? What questions? These are the real questions that Tucker Carlson was asking. This is part of what got Tucker Carlson fired in part is asking questions that the powerful people, the super state, the permanent state, the unelected state that lives above our government, the real government, doesn't want Tucker to ask. One of Tucker's final shows, I suppose, was 30 days before he was fired, was about Jeffrey Epstein's death and how none of it makes sense. None of the official narrative makes sense. These are the questions Tucker was asking. Doctor, thanks so much for coming on. If you wouldn't mind just summarizing for us what we know, or what you know about Epstein's death. Well, <clears throat> I was present at the autopsy and there were uh, three fractures in the windpipe uh, that are much more typical of crush injury from homicidal strangulation than from hanging. There were particular hemorrhages in the eyes, again, more uh, typical of uh, uh, homicide. And uh, the ligature imprint on the neck didn't match the uh, ligature that was present in the cell made from a sheet. 
so I thought that uh, made it more likely uh, that this was a homicide than a suicide. Uh, but we never got to, to find out how the body was found. Was he found hanging or not, for example? Because the two, the two guards were sleeping through that time. He was dead for a few hours before he was found. And uh, the uh, two guards never made a statement that, I, uh, that was released as to how the body was found. The body was just cut down and brought out to a hospital where he was pronounced dead. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Where are the congressional hearings on this? Uh yeah, so you have a man who is the leading medical expert in a forensic pathology on the program describing Jeffrey Epstein's injuries as strangulation. Days previous, you had somebody inside of Jeffrey Epstein's cell trying to kill him. That's why he was moved to the isolation unit. Who was that person? Who was inside of the cell block with Jeffrey Epstein? Why, are, why, why was Tucker the only guy asking these questions? You want to know why Tucker's off the air now? It won't be for long, but you want to know why he's off now? Because he asked questions like these, and more importantly, he did a diagram of the prison. It, it, is, it is absolutely wild. I don't I'm going to like date my obsession with the news coverage of Donald Trump here. But when Donald when 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 there was like a super spreader event at the White House for covid, this had to do with Amy Coney Barrett's uh, nomination to the Supreme Court. The New York Times went and did a detailed diagram of everywhere that every person was sitting and who could have gotten covid and who could have spread it. The New York Times did like 5000 words on the seating arrangement in order to figure out where a virus may have gone at the White House for someone giving someone else COVID-19. I mean, like, probably 20 people worked on this. Graphics design teams. Yet the New York Times has never once explained who was on the same prison cell block as Jeffrey Epstein. The New York Times has never once presented to me, not that I read them, but I would if they did this story, Hey, uh, who was there on the same cell block as Jeffrey Epstein? So people say, people say that it would have been impossible to get someone in or out of the prison because there are lots of cameras throughout the prison. There, not all of them malfunctioned. There were just some of them malfunctioned, the ones that were directly pointed at the cell block. But going in or out, Bill Barr in his memoir says there was no one heading in or out of the prison. And that would have been impossible to get someone in or out because there are so many cameras. There are hundreds of cameras inside of this facility, and the vast majority of them were functional. Just the two that we needed to see the Jeffrey Epstein's death, those weren't functional. Got it? Got it. But what about the people inside of Jeffrey Epstein's cell block? What about just opening up the prison bars in that cell block, and you just put a known hitman across the way from Jeffrey Epstein? He walks across the way. Bingo, bango, bongo. What about that? There's only one man in media that asked that question. There's only one man in media that actually presented a map of how this could have realistically happened. And his name rhymes with Tucker Carlson. Go. No one came in or out of the tier, Barr said. Therefore, Jeffrey Epstein killed himself. So let's consider that claim rationally. 
On the night of August 9th, Jeffrey Epstein was being held in the special housing unit of the Metropolitan Correctional Center in Manhattan, the most secure part of the city's federal lockup. It would be physically impossible for a stranger to get in and out of this facility without an electronic pass and without being seen by the countless cameras in place between the street and the locked ninth floor of the building. So if Jeffrey Epstein was murdered, he was not murdered by an intruder, someone who came into the tier. He was murdered by someone on his own cell block, obviously. There were seven other cells on Epstein's tier, and each one housed dangerous criminals. So if you were looking for a killer, you would figure out who was in those cells. But no one seems to have thought of that or done it. The Bureau of Prisons refused to provide us with a list of the inmates on Epstein's tier. It's not clear how many of them were even interviewed by investigators, despite the fact that some of them were transferred out of the facility shortly after Epstein's death. That's a baffling oversight. Why has nobody asked that question? Why does it fall to Tucker Carlson, who is self-described as a talk show host? Tucker Carlson, very humble man, very happy man. I'm happy. They're miserable. I win. Tucker Carlson, famous quote. He, he, he doesn't proclaim to be an expert in this. He, he laughs in the face of people who take themselves too seriously, yet it falls to Tucker Carlson to actually present to you a diagram of the prison and to describe how, yes, maybe a killer could not have come in and out of the building, but what about a killer just housed in the cell across from Epstein? That makes perfect sense. Why did the guards fall asleep? Because the guards hit the open button on the jail cells and allowed the bars to be rolled back and for the cells to be open and for somebody to walk over and kill Jeffrey Epstein. Then you have the forensic pathologist on there saying, yeah, this is a strangulation. You don't snap your own neck when you hang yourself with toilet paper. Somebody strangled Jeffrey Epstein to death. The 911 calls were deleted. The guards have been pardoned. The guards were charged for falling asleep at the wheel. They were quietly pardoned by an Obama judge. Wow. Strange that one of the guards now works in a plum security position all the way across the country at Berkeley in Nancy Pelosi's district. Hmm. That's strange. Why exactly would that person be rewarded for falling asleep? don't make no sense. Unless, of course, this is a conspiracy by people on the right and the left in order to get rid of a man that knew far too much. And now, with the release of Jeffrey Epstein's personal calendar to the Wall Street Journal, we know that this is the man who knew too much. Jeffrey Epstein was a deep state agent. Jeffrey Epstein was a spy. Jeffrey Epstein was a man who had close not only close, but personal financial ties to the CIA, to the Obama and Biden White Houses currently. And this man needed to die because he was far too inconvenient. Now, I spoke with some spies, ladies and gentlemen, this weekend. It's funny when you go back to D.C., just how how open and apparent these people are and how you like you, you just pump them full of like a like like a sip of bourbon and they'll, they'll just spill their guts. I asked somebody who's worked directly with our intelligence agencies about Jeffrey Epstein and baby, do I got a story to tell you? So it's not just about Tucker Carlson's uh, firing that I did a little bit of research myself this weekend. I spoke with someone who appears on television, who is a well-known individual, who has a big following, who works directly with the intel agencies and spy agencies 
uh, most recently to get people out of Afghanistan, a high-end operator, and I got some information on what was actually going on with Jeffrey Epstein. Baby, what a hell of a show. First off, the news. We found out that Jeffrey Epstein, among Jeffrey Epstein's buddies, was the director of the CIA. Oh, really? Oh, interesting. So the guy who's in charge of clandestine operations, recall that Jeffrey Epstein owned an island outside of America. That's all that matters. Doesn't matter where it is. Jeffrey Epstein had a private island called Little St. James that was outside of America. The CIA is a clandestine agency that is supposedly not allowed to conduct operations inside of America. And the current CIA director, the man who currently runs the CIA, had multiple meetings with Jeffrey Epstein to talk about financial planning. Oh, ho, 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 ho. this is juicy. Watch. A new report from the Wall Street Journal exposes the prominent names of Jeffrey Epstein's private calendar. Some meetings include our current CIA director, William Burns, the Bard College president, and Obama White House counsel, Catherine Romler. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein did not kill himself. He was a horrible person and a convicted pedophile when these names appeared in his private calendar. Now, none of these people went to Epstein Island or are seen on his flight logs, uh, but unfortunately, they knew exactly what they were dealing with because he had already been convicted of sex crimes with minors in 2008. Uh, they knew the association and they continued to meet with him because of the riches that he might bring him by knowing people and having secrets about those in politics and in the financial sector. Somebody named Cindy McCain, you might recall, a particularly important person, the wife of the late John McCain, who is described in Wikipedia as an American diplomat. Currently, by the way, just in case you're wondering if this is a uniparty, currently serving in the U Joe Biden administration. That's right. Uh, you may recall just couple seconds ago, John McCain was the Republican nominee for president, 2008. Ha ha ha. And now his wife serves Joe Biden. Well, what does that tell you? She is the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations Agency for Food and Agriculture. A ta ta ta. Well, what did uh, Sidney McCain have to say about Jeffrey Epstein? She's a pretty powerful person. Hard to really argue that, I mean, John McCain didn't have access to uh, high-level access to intelligence agencies, wartime strategy, and so on and so forth. You argue about the man's legacy all you wish. But this is inarguable that Sidney McCain uh, knew, knew all of this information about Jeffrey Epstein, about his predations to young women, and that everyone just laughed it off. Huh, including her husband, including her. And she's public about it because she said this. It hides in plain sight. Epstein was hiding in plain sight. We all knew about him. We all knew what he was doing. But we had no one that was, no um, uh, legal aspect that would go after him. They were afraid of him. For whatever reason, they were afraid of him. Why would they be afraid of Jeffrey Epstein? So Cindy McCain, arguably one of the most powerful political wives in the country, saying we all knew what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. We knew what he did. Why wasn't he prosecuted? So, so come with me here, ladies and gentlemen. It's the same question as Hunter Biden. Why isn't Hunter Biden in jail? Why isn't Joe Biden in jail? 
Why isn't Bill Gates in jail? Why do all of these people skate? Because they are agents of a super state. Because they are agents of a totally and completely unlawful governing body that does not abide by our laws, that can get away with literal murder, that can get away with sex trafficking, human trafficking. For what? To what ends? Ooh, baby, we're going to tighten the noose here for lack of a, I guess, lack of a better term. Forgive the dad pun. But we're going to tighten the noose on this one because I got some information on Jeffrey Epstein and exactly why the CIA director may have been meeting with him. Why were all these famous and powerful people meeting with Jeffrey Epstein? What exactly was he offering to people like Bill Gates, for instance, who was best friends with Jeffrey? I mean, they were thick as thieves, these two. So close, in fact, was Bill Gates that, you know, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Melinda side of that foundation. Melinda Gates left Bill Gates because of his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Bill Gates commenting on what close pals they were. Now, one of the issues that's dogged you is, is that of your relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Do you regret the relationship that you maintained with him against Melinda's advice and wishes? Oh, I've said that I'm, I mean, this is, you're going way back in mm -hmm. time, but yeah. I, I, New audience. I will say for the, you know, oh, over a hundred time, yeah, I shouldn't have had uh, dinners with him. Um, Epstein had a way of sexually compromising people. Is that what Melinda was warning you about? No. I mean, it, it's... No, I, I had dinner with him, uh, and that's all. And that you regret the relationship, the acquaintance? That I had dinner with him. Mm. And, and the relationship between the Foundation and Epstein, which... There never was any relationship of any kind. Uh so, first off, that's a lie. Jeffrey Epstein actually managed finances and was swapping personnel inside of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. We'll get into that inside of the reading of this article. But just to let you know how grotesque of a person Jeffrey Epstein is, Melinda Gates, in commenting on her single time meeting him, said that she felt Satan incarnate, said that she actually ended her marriage of 30 years to the richest man in the world because of his association with this monster. That interview person just there, on the Australian interview person is like, Jeffrey Epstein sexually compromised his victims, meaning Bill Gates, you were to be sexually compromised by Jeffrey Epstein. Are you picking this up? Are you picking up what I'm putting down? Are you hearing me here? Are you following the breadcrumbs? Because it all comes full circle. There's a reason why he was meeting with the CIA director. This all comes full circle. This all connects back to Hunter Biden, to the Bidens, to how this world operates. Are you prepared? Melinda Gates wasn't prepared when she met Jeffrey Epstein. Listen. You know, it was also widely reported that Bill had a, a friendship or business or some kind of contact with Jeffrey Epstein and that you were not, uh, that that was very upsetting to you. Did that play a role in the, in the divorce at all in this process? Yeah, as I said, it's not one thing. It was many things. But I did not like uh, that he'd had meetings with Jeffrey Epstein, no. Mm -hmm. And you made that clear to him? I made that clear to him. I also met Jeffrey Epstein exactly one time. Did you? Yes, because I wanted to see who this man was. And um, I regretted it from the second I stepped in the door. He was abhorrent. He was 
evil personified. I had nightmares about it afterwards. So, you know, my heart breaks for these young women because that's how I felt. And here I'm an older woman. My God, I feel terrible for those young women. It's awful. You felt that the moment you walked in. I didn't realize that. Yeah. And you shared that with Bill and he still continued to spend time with him? Any of the questions remaining about what Bill's relationship there was, those are for Bill to answer. Okay. But I made it very clear how I felt about him. Mm -hmm. Melinda Gates is a far leftist. Melinda Gates is not a MAGA Republican. Melinda Gates is not necessarily on our side on anything, except for presumably she still somehow has like a soul. And she could see that Jeffrey Epstein was evil personified. Again, reminder, Tucker Carlson was fired for speaking out against good versus evil in our society. Tucker Carlson was fired not for talking bad about Democrats or Republicans. He was fired for talking about God, the spiritual battles, the true battles that actually grip our society right now. And there's a through line here, and it is so poignant. Ladies and gentlemen, the purpose of Jeffrey Epstein was to be used as a spy, a CIA asset. Now, to, to many of you watching, I'm sure this will come as absolutely zero surprise. But I heard about it from an authoritative source this weekend. So he had a little island called Little St. James. That island was off and outside of American jurisdictions. It's in the Bahamas. He had his creepy little temple on there, the blue and white temple. All manner of 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 horrific parties, and uh, th that's where a lot of like the 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 sadistic sadistic shit went on, man. There on that island, why was it outside of America? Because the CIA does not have the legal authority to operate in clandestine operations inside of America. Their operations must be outside of America. Jeffrey Epstein was an asset. And what do you do with assets? You utilize their connections in order to get leverage over powerful people. If you view the superstate as a crime family, as a syndicate, as the Coleones, whatever, it's all about leverage. So what was happening on that island and what was happening with those rich and powerful people, American politicians, members of the royal family, sultans, all of them was they were being videotaped, they were being compromised, and they were being fed up by Epstein to our intelligence agencies. Ladies and gentlemen, that was the operation. And with that knowledge and with those crimes being committed, then we would have leverage as a country on some of the most powerful people in the world, some of the most powerful regimes in the world, in order to get whatever the super state wanted at the time from them. Now you are officially compromised. Now we have footage, video, or details of you doing something so heinous that it would not only destroy your career, it would land you in prison. So you better do what we want you to do. You better sing our songbook. You better step lightly. And you better step correct. Because we got you. You are ours now. And our agent, Jeffrey Epstein, well, as long as you sing from the correct songbook, you'll be fine. In fact, you'll be super rich, just like this guy. Where did Jeffrey Epstein make all of his money? What service exactly did he provide? 
Where's all the cash coming from? Why haven't we looked into Jeffrey Epstein's finances? Where did all this money come from to do this? Check this article out, ladies and gentlemen. Jeffrey Epstein's newly released private calendar reveals that he had scheduled meetings with the CIA director, the current one that Joe Biden appointed. The documents contain emails scheduled with now CIA director William Burns, among a bunch of other people, including Barack Obama's lawyer. The meetings were scheduled between 2013 and 2017, and the pedophile had served time in jail in 2008 for sex crimes involving a teenage girl. So people already knew who this man was. Jeffrey Epstein's newly released private calendar revealed that he had scheduled meetings with a slew of prominent individuals. The current CIA director on there, the current CIA director had multiple meetings with Jeffrey Epstein. The director did not know anything about him other than he was introduced as an expert in financial services sector, according to the CIA. A CIA spokesperson tells the Daily Mail they had no relationships. Huh? Documents say that Burns, this is the CIA director, that this guy met Epstein in Washington, D.C. and then went to Manhattan to meet him at his townhouse. Multiple meetings for financial services. What the hell is that about? What's that about? Tammy Kupperman Thorpe is the CIA spokesperson that confirmed this. Burns has been director of the CIA since 2021. President Joe Biden uh, appointed him. A decade ago, Burns was leaving government service at the time, and Jeffrey Epstein was bringing him into the fold. You'll get rich. All you need to do is come to my parties. All you need to do is get compromised. Let them know that you're one of us, okay? Go ahead and look at the Bill Clinton painting in the blue dress hanging in the, uh, hanging in the, uh, the entryway here in my townhouse. Go bow down to that oil painting of Bill Clinton in the blue dress, pledge allegiance to us, and then get compromised. But don't worry, you'll be rich. We control the printing presses for the American dollar, so like you don't ever have to worry about anything in your life. And oh, by the way, if things get too hot for this Jeffrey Epstein guy, we'll just kill him. We'll just kill him. And that's why the people who were uh, a part of Jeffrey Epstein's death or who stood the most to lose by him living literally do laps and celebrate Jeffrey Epstein's death. Here's here's Bill Gates celebrating Epstein's death openly. Look at the look at the the satanic smile on this guy's face as he talks about it. And you know, I've said I regretted having those dinners. Uh and there's nothing absolutely nothing new on that. Is there a lesson for you for Anyone else looking looking at this? Well, he's dead. So, uh, you know, in general, you always have to be careful. Uh, <laughs> Do you hear him laughing? Bill Gates is laughing about Jeffrey Epstein's death. He's chuckling about it. It's funny. This is humorous to him. This is hilarious. And the people closest to Jeffrey Epstein the people who are serving time in prison right now for their relationship with Jeffrey Epstein, the people who are paying for Jeffrey Epstein's crimes or for facilitating them, they know what happened. They know what happens to them if they talk too much about it. Jelaine Maxwell knows exactly what happened to her old boss, Jelaine Maxwell, the person who supplied these young women 
to Jeffrey Epstein, who facilitated the CIA operation that was running Jeffrey Epstein. She knows. She said so on camera. Go. No, he didn't. I don't believe he did. I believe that he was uh, murdered. Well, shocked. And I wondered how it had happened. Because um, as far as I was concerned, he was going to... I was sure he was going to appeal. And I was sure that he was covered under the non-prosecution agreement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, but I wasn't in the indictment. So I wasn't mentioned. I, was, I wasn't even one of the co-composers. Jelaine Maxwell there, of course, in a grainy recording from her prison cell, saying, of course he was murdered. Of course Jeffrey Epstein was murdered. And I'll be murdered if I give up what the actual operation was. So this is what I asked my spy friend, which is the best way to say it, my buddy who has worked inside of the highest levels of the Pentagon and inside of the, you know, worked directly with these clandestine agencies abroad, worked with the CIA in their operations abroad. This is one man's take, but it's. It's what I got for you. Your boy Benny, I do my research. The purpose of a guy like Jeffrey Epstein and where Jeffrey Epstein gets his money is the same thing. They're, 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 they're connected. Jeffrey Epstein gets paid because we have a government that can simply manufacture money. We just print the money off. You make Jeffrey Epstein rich in order to go about the world and ingratiate himself with the richest circles there are, the most powerful circles there are. You need money. You need jets. You need private flights. You need to be able to offer someone something to pull in a guy like Bill Gates. And then what happens? You pull in a guy like Bill Gates. You pull in Prince Andrew, for instance. These guys are high-profile individuals. They have a, let's just call it a, a lust for forbidden fruits for some of the darkest and most perverse things that the human soul could desire. Jeffrey Epstein, as a man who has an infinite amount of cash supply, because the people who are running him literally have an infinite amount of cash supply. This is why they call it a black box budget. On Capitol Hill, it's called a black box budget. Th th that means the budget for the intel community is unknown. We don't know where it goes, and it is somehow not allowed to have congressional oversight, even though that's unconstitutional. So they can just pay the man whatever he needs in order to get compromised some of the richest men in the world, some of the most powerful men in the world. Bill Clinton was one of them. Bill Gates was one of them. Prince Andrew was one of them, and so on and so forth. Current senators like Bob Menendez was one of them. The list of clients have never been revealed officially, but now you can see that the current CIA director was one of them. And once you are owned and operated, then you can be trusted with power because you're not going to F up. You're going to do what we tell you to do. That's what my spy friend was telling me. My friend involved in the highest levels of espionage and criminality, to be quite honest with you. I, I say this as somebody who appreciates our armed services and appreciates people who fight to protect America, but they commit crimes. They commit illegal acts, horrific acts, predatory acts even, in the name of power. And that's precisely what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. 
He was an agent. He was a spy. He was someone who was working in order to create leverage on the most powerful entities in the world. And all he had to do was sell his soul in order to get there. And now that soul is rotting in hell, murdered by the same people that filled his bank accounts because Jeffrey Epstein being alive was too much of a liability. The entire system collapses when a guy like that knows too much, the man who knows too much. And so you have to ask the question. You have to ask the question. When you look through society and you see people who are criminals and they're not being charged, much like Jeffrey Epstein, well, what's going on with them? Are those individuals also compromised? That brings us a direct through line to Hunter Biden. Now, Hunter Biden is in court today. Hunter Biden's in court because he impregnated a stripper and he refuses to pay for that per- that stripper's his 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 child. Okay, Navy Joan Roberts is the name of Hunter Biden's child. Here's Hunter Biden arriving in court, literally as we went live. Okay, so this is something that was broadcast a couple minutes ago. Hunter Biden's in court, ordered to come to court in Arkansas. This is Batesville, Arkansas, about 100, 120 miles northeast of Little Rock. At dispute here is Hunter, age 53, and the sexual relationship he had with 32-year-old woman by the name of London Roberts. She lives in the town of Batesville, Arkansas. The case was reopened in September when Hunter Biden asked the judge to reduce his child support payments. Uh, he said he's had a material change in his financial circumstances and alluded to a sizable drop in his income. She accused this live now Hunter Biden of violating numerous court orders and intentionally withholding key evidence. So the judge in this case, Holly Meyer, is set to um, decide as to what Hunter Biden should be required to do. The other thing that the woman, London Roberts, said, she said in recent filings, Hunter Biden had never seen or contacted his four-year-old daughter and that Joe Biden and the first lady remain, quote, estranged from their grand. So Joe Biden was asked last week how many grandkids he had. He lied. Joe Biden has seven grandkids, not six. And if I ever get a chance to speak to Joe Biden, and I, I promise you I will. I will figure out some way that I'll be in some photo line. I will ask Joe Biden to his face on camera, how many grandkids you got? Hey, how many grandchildren do you have? Give me a number. Don't tell me a story. Give me a number. These people are scum. But there's a reason why they're not in prison. There's a reason why they're a little bit nervous about what's going on in Arkansas today with this judge starting to really get the fist on Hunter Biden because Hunter Biden has not been showing up in court. Two things. One, London Roberts is suing in order to get child support. For that, you need to provide documentation of where your money's coming from. Well, that's a big problem for the Bidens who ran a similar operation to Jeffrey Epstein. It's a pretty similar operation, actually. Filthy, dirty, compromised money goes flowing into your bank accounts, and you become willing agents of the deep state, and we won't prosecute you. It's the same. I told you there'd be a through line here from Tucker to Epstein to Hunter Biden. But more importantly, Hunter Biden's crimes. Now, it's a black enough crime to land you in the seventh circle of Dante's hell to abandon your child. I argue that that might be the greatest crime there is to abandon your child as a father. Let me tell you what. Hunter Biden has been doing the same thing that Jeffrey Epstein has been doing. And why is it always the same thing? Why is it always sex trafficking? Why is it always predator behavior? 
Let's go through a couple of these articles real, real fast, real quick stuff here. Okay. Let me tell you, if you swapped the name Jeffrey Epstein with Hunter Biden here, would people care a little bit more? Would the corporate press have ever asked a question? Here we go. Article number one, Hunter Biden could face prostitution charges for transferring hookers across state lines, disguising checks to them as payments for medical services. Hmm. First son spent $30,000 in five months on the girlfriend experience. Well, well, well. Ladies and gentlemen, you can see the actual checks inside of this article. There are some, we're, we're gonna try our hardest to not show like lewd material inside of this article. There's a lot of nudity in this article. Now this is Hunter Biden paying for hookers to go across state lines in order to perform services on him. Does that sound like Jeffrey Epstein? How about this next one? Hunter Biden was using one of his family members to procure prostitutes for him, girlfriends for him. Uh, Hunter Biden, when asked if he wants an Asian girlfriend, said no yellow. I'd never say something like that. This is the man's words, okay? This is the man's words. Joe Biden probably helped to pay for Hunter Biden's prostitutes. Joe Biden inadvertently helped pay for Hunter's Russia-linked escorts. Oh, interesting. How did that work exactly? Well, let's read the top line here. President Biden wired $100,000 to his son to pay for his bills in December 2018, 2019. The Washington Examiner reported, citing reports from the laptop, Hunter Biden spent more than $30,000 on sex workers after getting his cash from Dada. Hmm. Or Pop, as he calls him. So Joe Biden also paid for it. So where's Joe Biden? I mean, if you're funding crimes, where's Joe Biden? The Senate's looking into it. There are good investigators in the Senate. Senate report links Hunter Biden to prostitution and human trafficking ring. Not only that, one of our favorites, Marjorie Taylor Greene, is straight up on camera saying Hunter Biden was facilitating a sex traffic ring. James Comer was on our show on Friday saying the same thing. Take it away, MTG. Just uh, finished reviewing the financial records in the Treasury. Uh, what I saw was over 2,000 pages of jaw-dropping information. Uh, there's basically an enterprise wrapped around Joe Biden uh, involving not only multiple family members, more than we thought there were, but other people as well. Uh, just a complete conglomerate of LLC shell companies where money was passing through from foreign countries China, Ukraine, but many more countries than just those. There's a lot of information the American people deserve to know of the Biden family and the crimes they've been involved in. And the Oversight Committee has a much bigger investigation to do than we ever thought was possible. Um, I just saw evidence of human trafficking. Uh, this involved prostitutes, not only from here in the United States, but foreign countries like Russia and Ukraine. Uh, this is this is unbelievable that a president and a former vice president, uh, not only his son, Hunter Biden, but many more family members extending past Hunter Biden and his immediate family. Did you pick up the words there? I told you I'd present to you the through line from Tucker Carlson to Epstein to Hunter Biden. Did you hear Marjorie Taylor Greene's words there outside of the Treasury Department, having personally looked at the finances of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, according to the suspicious activity reports that are forced upon banks? When they know illegal activity is going on, a bank must report it. Unless you're JP Morgan, 
where then you can hide Jeffrey Epstein's sex crimes. We'll get to that in just a moment. But you don't need to go into the Treasury, break into the Treasury Department and look at these suspicious activity reports in order to see that Hunter Biden was behaving exactly like Jeffrey Epstein. Yet he walks free today. You can just crack open his laptop, click on any random video, although I, I warn you, we had to go through a lot of videos to find one that could we could present to you that would be appropriate for the show to not get the show ripped off air. But we found one, a perfect one, actually, one where Hunter Biden is literally arguing with a prostitute service about him not abusing one of the hookers they gave him. We're going to show it. It's our job. It's our obligation to you. If you don't want to know about the, the blackness of the souls of the people who run this country, look away now. Here we go. Everything fine? Are you hurt in any way? Any any way are you hurt? Hey. Is anything hurt on you? Anything? I was literally saying, I'm sorry that it took so long to give you $10,000. Do you have any bruise, anything? Is any, have I ever touched you in a bad way? Hunter Biden arguing with a Russian or Ukrainian, can't quite tell, hooker about not beating her and complimenting himself for not beating her. She's upset, presumably because the payments are late. Because Joe Biden hasn't wired him the money to pay that woman who Hunter Biden is proud of that he has not left bruises on her body. Is that enough for you, America? Do you see where we're heading now? Do you understand now the blackness of this super state that runs this country, a government on top of our government, wholly and totally unaccountable? And now you can see the hard evidence with your eyes article after article, story after story, the bank records and the videos. The Hunter Biden was every bit as bad as Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein is dead. Hunter Biden is still a free man. Will he remain that way? There's only one person that we would trust to answer that question. The great Darren Beatty of Revolver News joins the show now. Darren, thank you so much. We appreciate uh, the, the short delay here. We had a lot to cover this morning and we're uh, quite frankly stunned at how the Jeffrey Epstein logbook of favorite meetings goes directly to Joe Biden's current CIA director. Perhaps you could illuminate for us, you as somebody who knows this system better than anyone, uh, why that is. Well, it's certainly alarming, but uh, not out of keeping with the variety of high-level contacts that we know that Epstein maintains successfully. Um, I mean, he's hobnobbed with the who's who of entertainment, government, business, and so forth. Um, of course, I'd love to know what they discussed. Um, I don't think those details are are uh, very transparent at this point, but meeting with the CIA agent, um, head of the CIA really, um, is a remarkable thing. And I think the cover story or their public version is, oh, he just wanted some advice from Jeffrey Epstein in terms of transitioning into the private sector. I'm sure that's what it was. 
Yeah. He just needed he just needed advice transitioning. He, he needed a letter he needed a letter of recommendation. The the head of the CIA needed a letter of recommendation from Jeffrey Epstein. Think about that. Yes. Yes. Good. Good. It shows you who's really in charge here. Was Jeffrey Epstein an op? Was Jeffrey Epstein a a a, a intel asset in order to gather compromising information on some of the most powerful people and organizations on planet Earth by dangling in front of them uh, the forbidden fruit, so to speak, uh, using his power and his leverage in order to get, uh, 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 le again, leverage over uh, powerful groups, individuals like Bill Clinton, Bill Gates? It certainly looks like it was some kind of op. And, you know, he's enjoyed very bizarre and aggressive protection from the government, um, you know, at least in relation to what he was accused and convicted of. And there's a reason for that. I mean, there's already quotes that are public saying that, you know, Jeffrey Epstein belonged to intelligence and probably multiple intelligence agencies. And, you know, it makes sense that he would be collecting compromising information. Maybe his job was just to integrate himself into um, high society in various spheres and report on what they're doing, try to influence them. The exact nature of the op is unclear, but it's clear that he was protected, elevated and protected at a level that's inexplicable if you don't take into account very, very deep and high level government protection, perhaps across a variety of different governments. When you are a source for in the intel agencies and for clandestine agencies, which he could have worked for the CIA because he was outside of America. Little St. James is outside of America and therefore uh, is the operational territory of a clandestine agency. Uh, when you are committing crimes, those agencies look the other way as long as they're getting the intel and the leverage that they want. Is this the nature of the business? I suspect it is, and I don't think it's some kind of top-down kind of bureaucratic thing where you know the CIA or whatever kind of foreign agency it has some kind of built-in sort of by-the-book infrastructure to sustain it. I think the um, position that he belonged to was part of an inherited network that probably goes back um, several decades, maybe a half a century, and that it's much more sociological. There are networks of people who have maybe one foot in, one foot out of intelligence agencies, people in the business world, people who do favors on behalf of foreign governments and so forth. Um, and so I think the real question here is, is one of these pressing issues that we have, and I pointed out in a variety of contexts, you know, in China and Russia, um, we can criticize the authoritarian systems all we want, but they have the benefit of knowing who's in charge, more or less. You know that, you know, Putin is in charge of Russia. She is in charge of China. Of course, there are factional disputes within the party, but we have radically less transparency in our so-called democracy as to the forces that are actually calling the shots and running things. And Epstein, I think, is a rare and real glimpse of what that might look like. And of course, he's not acting alone. There is an infrastructure that he was embedded in that sustained him. Where did that infrastructure come from? And there is an infrastructure that in all likelihood had him murdered in a prison cell in a manner that 
corresponds to a variety of other highly suspicious prison murders that have a kind of national security intelligence context. And, you know, there's been every reporter has been very diligent and sensitive about staying the hell away you know, other than Tucker Carlson. And we saw what just happened to him. But just about any other reporter you think follow up, who are the jail guards? You know, just interview these jail guards. But nobody thinks to do this because everyone kind of understands that there are some things you just stay away from. And if you get too pushy about this, if you, you know, find out who these jail guards are, find out exactly what happened to the tapes. And now if you press around too much there, I think really bad things can happen. And there's only a handful of issues that if you're really pressing as a reporter, you can, you know, you can wind up dead. And this is probably one of them. But it's just such an enticing question because the question of who was able to successfully, what network was able to successfully um, kill Jeffrey Epstein is, of course, something that would provide tremendous insight into the actual power structure that we have and that we have no visibility into. So it's for that reason, it's it's just an extremely enticing question. And that question is kind of become buried in more kind of sensationalized accounts of Epstein uh, in the media, the kind of the fact that it's turned into a joke. It used to be if you talked about Epstein, it was like really not acceptable. It was a weird thing. That's only the thing that, you know, the weird people talk about. If someone's talking about Epstein, you know, okay, that's a little bit dangerous. We stay away from that. Then it became so public that the system just absorbed it and turned it into this kind of harmless joke, um, which is kind of, I think, an amazing example of how robust the system is. A lot of times people think, oh, my God, if only this, you know, reached the light of day, if only the public knew about this, this would change everything. People don't understand. There's so many really damning secrets right out there in the open. But if they're not enlisted into consensus reality or if they're diffused by having them become a joke and not focusing on the real subversive and interesting elements, it's, you know, might as well be it's not really out there. And so people, I think, tend to underestimate what it takes to actually admit certain things that are known facts that you can find independently into the kind of public discourse such that they can be spoken about in polite company in the mainstream and kind of inform the way that we're kind of publicly making decisions about um, policy and understanding uh, pertaining to how the country actually functions. So you're saying that the turning of Jeffrey Epstein into a meme actually was something that was absorbed by the system and it didn't end up hurting them. Uh, right. Something that the system does not want to talk about, of course, is Hunter Biden's laptop, whilst many news organizations has, have admitted that it's real now, uh, begrudgingly, years later. And the FBI, of course, has had it since 2019, 2018. Uh, no, no actual reporting has been done on its contents. And Hunter Biden still walks around as a free man. Not only that, he's celebrated internationally on trips with Joe Biden and at the Easter egg roll, wandering around. So this does seem to be another Epstein-style flaunting in our face of somebody, a criminal, who can get away with murder, uh, for lack of a better phrase. Yeah, that's true. I, I do think the context is different. I think the Epstein thing is is much more interesting, gives us a much deeper glimpse into the inner workings of the power structure, whereas in the case of Hunter, you have kind of a spoiled, degenerate son of a 
you know, powerful, you know, he, he's powerful in the sense that money flows through him because he's a figurehead, but he's not part of that inner core um, opaque structure in, in, in the way that um, Epstein and Ghislaine, who is his accomplice, and perhaps even Les Wexner, who was one of the main benefactors, who is a billionaire figure that kind of nobody talks about anymore. I think this gets much closer to that kind of gray zone, that intersection between the intelligence world and the underworld, where a lot of the real stuff happens. Whereas, you know, Biden is kind of, you know, has always been kind of a figurehead type, a person that is used by these forces, not an ultimate decision maker. Money flows through him. And it's just kind of like, boring, typical corruption. Uh, and that's what you see with his son, you know, drugs and hookers and whatnot. Um, but it's, it, it, it doesn't get to the bone in the way that um, the Epstein matter does, in my opinion. So final question, Darren, you're one of the best investigative reporters and you understand the system better than anyone out there. Revolver News is, of course, essential reading uh, on a myriad of, of Fed direction issues and federal government operation issues. Your takeaway as it pertains to Epstein and the op that was actually being run. Question number one. Question number two. How did he die? Well, I think it's pretty clear that he was uh, murdered. Um, and, you know, if it was actual, actually a suicide, why all these coincidences? The tapes are lost. The guards fell asleep, like all these things. And again, we see patterns of this. We had, you know, this is an entirely separate topic, but um, there's a guy called Kenneth Trenadu who um, was clearly murdered in prison. And, you know, this is part of the whole Oklahoma City story. And his brother uh, actually investigated the circumstances of uh, his prison murder, and that led to exposing a lot of what was going on with Oklahoma City. But the point is, is that the regime doesn't really reinvent its playbook too many times. They build certain kind of components of an infrastructure. They keep with it with slight modifications when they have to. There's a certain playbook about how they take care of somebody in a prison cell, and this fits all of the criteria of that. And so the question is, you know, there's, they're not, you know, it's hard to keep secrets these days. Everything's kind of out of the open. So you need that. It just shows us there remains somewhere a competent network with the uh, level of mutual kind of trust, secrecy, and competence to pull something like this off. And given you know, how everything's falling apart and just how incompetent we know, you know, the run of the mill government people are like, this is clearly a very specialized and rare network. There's not a lot of these to go around. And so um, from that perspective, it's tremendously interesting because to find out who was able to pull this off, I think gives us a real sense of one of the few remaining competent networks embedded within the power structure that's still able to get really sensitive things like this done. Just fascinating. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought up Putin and Xi because we hear once a day, oh my God, someone's disappeared. Oh, a powerful billionaire has disappeared in China or a powerful person was killed in a prison cell in Russia. And we say, that's really bad. And they're authoritarian. It's, everyone looks the other way with Epstein. 
right? And it's a rare thing, you know, it's like different societies have different norms and it's probably more normal in, in certain other countries to actually go directly to go violence. But when, when, you, when you actually physically attack or in this case kill somebody, it leaves open a lot of potential for exposure, for blowback. This is actually quite rare in a last resort. So whenever they go to the extent of doing that, how vulnerable they are to exposure. That's why it's so interesting because it's a competent group that's able to do this and not get exposed, keep the media in line, keep the guards in line so nobody go and ask them. Like there's so many things that could have gone wrong and got exposed in this age of mass surveillance. Everyone's recording, everyone's blabbing. It's, you know, it's that's what's so interesting about it. And in overwhelmingly most cases, the regime just uses other tools to, um, to take care of people. They can cancel them. They can ruin their financial position. They can intimidate them in a variety of ways. It's only a very rare case where they feel the knee, okay, we need to actually off a guy. And, and that's why it's so fascinating and potentially so revealing. But nobody is going to get to the bottom of this for understandable reasons because nobody wants to end up like Epstein. Well, all right. Uh, we'll we'll be we'll be deleting this video then. <laughs> right. Thank you so much, Darren. We deeply appreciate you, your work. Where can people find your work? Go to revolver.news. We got some white hot stuff uh, today and throughout the whole week. Um, as people may know, you know, we've been attacked very, very viciously for our January 6th reporting. The same people went after Tucker, they're going after us. It's literally the same people. Uh, Ray Epps has retained a lawyer who is a uh, employee of David Brock, who is a notorious and disgraced Democrat hatchet man. And so he's been issuing threats to Tucker and Fox and Revolver. So, I mean, we love it. It means our reporting is real. It's outside of the playpen. It might not be exposing what actually happened with Epstein, but it's definitely outside of the playpen and it's real. And that means it gets some pretty serious pushback. So everybody can support us by reading those pieces, sharing them, support Revolver. And um, that's about it. Well, if anyone could actually bring it to light, it would be Revolver News. So, ladies and gentlemen, my full endorsement. Thank you, Darren. Thank you Godspeed. so much. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the people who were filling Jeffrey Epstein's bank account with the American dollar who were doing it. In a way, where did Jeffrey Epstein get his money? Where did he get his money? How did he make his billions? I could have asked Darren. He would have given you the same answer. I, you know, I've given you that they can just they can just dial the numbers up if they want to or they can dial them down if they want to they can just flip a switch baby this is why of course you have to fight the federal dollar you have to fight a digital dollar and a digital currency because mark my words they will do that to you that is why right now it is time for you to consider your own bank account and maybe investing in something that's real maybe investing in something that has always stood the test of time against a fiat currency, gold, ladies and gentlemen, take my advice, protect your financial future with something real, gold or silver for my friends at Allegiance Gold. Allegiance Gold can help protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold or silver. If you prefer, you can have it delivered directly to your door. All you need to do is give them a call or go to protectwithbenny.com. 844-790-9191. If you wish to give them a call, get free $5,000 
in silver for a qualifying purchase. Protectwithbenny.com. Allegiance Gold, ladies and gentlemen, it's the only gold organization I trust. They have great ratings, five stars, A+, better business bureau. They are it. So protect yourself today with Allegiance Gold. Okay, well, who is the f who is the father of Hunter Biden? Who is the person who is appointed this Epstein agent as a uh, or Epstein associate as the CIA director? Who is the man who is the meat puppet in you know who's has a wooden stick up his backside, being muppeted around as he was this weekend? Joe Biden, of course, at the White House Correspondents Dinner, way past his bedtime. Way past the bedtime, and it showed Joe Biden making uh, making jokes, making jokes at the White House Correspondents Association about how bad he is with the press. Joe Biden hasn't had a press conference in the better part of a year. Joe Biden joked to a room full of smug, smarmy, insufferable reporters, all of them being fired, presumably within the next calendar year. Vice News just shut down. BuzzFeed News just shut down. Multiple news organizations firing swaths of reporters, yet my entire social media feed is filled with these smug a-holes tromping around these little parties. Enjoy yourselves. Enjoy yourselves while we build something real. Something that is not real. Joe Biden making jokes about how little media he does in front of the media. And watch the response. In a lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. Oh, okay, got it. And, and all the reporters laughed. Ha, 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 it's so funny. You don't take any questions. We don't ever get to ask you questions. That's great. The First Amendment. And he's sitting there in front of a sign that says the First Amendment. Wow, we are living in George Orwell's 1984. Freedom is slavery, man. War is peace. So Joe Biden made a joke about Tucker and yikes, got booed by the audience. We weren't expecting this. I mean, it is finished for Tucker Carlson. What are you wooing about like that? Like you think that's not reasonable? Give me a break. Just give me a break. Look. <laughs> yeah, the audience booed Joe Biden and these, these smarmy, absolutely insufferable D.C. reporters. You think you hate journalists enough. Ladies and gentlemen, I lived in D.C. for 15 years. I worked among and with these people. You don't hate them nearly enough. Joe Biden making further jokes about his classified document scandal. Right, um Happy to be here. Oh, real quick, Mr. President, I think you left some of your classified documents up here. You can get to them. Yeah. yeah, no, don't give them to him. I'll put them in a safe place. He don't know where to keep them. I'm a... Happy to be here, though. Happy to be here. <laughs> Great. This is the time when, in ancient Rome, Nero would be playing the harp, right, as Rome burns. This is your moment. This is what we're facing right now. Do these people look like they have been affected by inflation, an open border, a fentanyl crisis, declining dollar, the destroyed uh, American economy, the collapsing banking system, collapsing food supplies? Do these people look like they have a care in the world? 
Rome is burning, ladies and gentlemen. There is a correspondent on CNN. His name's Scott Jennings, maybe one of the only honest voices on CNN. He tore into Joe Biden, went like this. Biden, um, the, the line that will stick with me is, in a lot of ways, this dinner sums up my first two years in office. I'll talk for 10 minutes, take zero questions, and cheerfully walk away. I, I'm just going to, for the journalist in the room, he wasn't laughing with you. He was laughing at you. I mean, the reality is, I think he's mocking the press. The guy does not take questions, and he's up there joking about it. And I just, and they're clapping, and they're laughing about it. And I, I don't know. I just, I think he owes, I'm a, I'm pro-reporter. And I think the president of the United States ought to have to talk to these reporters and not mock them. Disgusting, disgusting banality of an event, a grotesque display of authoritative power in our nation. Joe Biden there in front of a sign that says protect the First Amendment. He refuses to answer reporters' questions. He refuses to answer questions from congressional subpoenas. He openly lies. And then he colludes with the same super state that we have been talking about to shut down channels like mine, to censor conservatives, to deplatform his predecessor. And they have the bloody cheek to stand there in front of a protect the first amendment, protect free speech sign. Orwell, baby. Orwell. Freedom is slavery. It's, 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 I mean, they, they predicted it. The man was a prophet in his time. There are a lot of prophets inside of the Holy Scriptures. They are right. Christ fulfilled the prophecy in order to give us eternal life, in order to save the world from people like this, quite frankly. However, it is important that we are often reminded of the wisdom of the scriptures. And if I, you know, I, I have a humble, a very, very humble capacity to deliver uh, what I what I know to be truth on this show. But even if I mess up sometimes, at the very least, we end our show with a Bible verse. And that Bible verse will mean that I, I at least said one true thing during the program. <laughs> this verse from Psalms 4, 8. I will both lay me down in peace and sleep for thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. Now is a time, ladies and gentlemen, of war, of evil men uh, riding roughshod over this earth. We are seeing dangerous, dangerous positions being taken up in the Pacific, around China, uh, around Russia. There are some very dangerous adversaries. I believe that we are in for things getting much worse before they get better, sadly. But that means it's more important than ever to make sure that the Lord... The Lord protect us and gives us peace, sleep, and security. And you can have all those things if you just keep your life focused, centered, and organized correctly. God, family, country. That's how we organize our lives on this show. And it hasn't led us astray yet. Neither will I. It's your boy, Benny. This has been The Benny Show. See ya.